This episode contains references to drugs and alcohol, women's health, graphic content, and adult themes. While we strive to give you the information as we've experienced, listeners are encouraged to consult with experts or professionals as needed and if needed. The information provided in this podcast is for general purposes and for awareness and should not be considered professional advice. Furthermore, any references to any products, places, services, or organizations are not through endorsement or recommendation unless explicitly stated. Please stay tuned after the closing song for a message from your host. Thank you for your understanding. And now let's dive into today's episode of Ride or Die from Teens to Prosecco Queens. Hello, everybody. We are back with part two with my sister, Gina, and we are very excited. I am very excited that she's here for the continuation of our discussion because that's what happens when you're kind of like going. You don't realize that the time flies by. And I figured why not do a part two in this sense, an immediate part two, because I think what we're discussing, what we were discussing is really relevant to other people's lives as well because this is stuff that people are dealing with every single day and growth and love and relationships and health and emotional wealth and emotional health is extremely important and I love to feel like or I like to think that I'm not alone in some of the situations I go through and in all the stuff that we go through and sometimes when you realize you're not alone it actually helps with your journey so without further ado again Here's Gina. I'm back. Yay! <laughs> Thank you again for having me. Hopefully, um, hopefully I'm living up to that uh, that amazing intro you gave me in part one. So you know, I'll I'll do what I can. Listen, we'll let the audience decide. Yes or no? If you if you lived up to it, I think you live up to it every day. Thank you. So <laughs> screw everybody else. <laughs> I mean that with very much respect, actually, because the reality is that we are all different people with different voices. And again, for and I'll speak for Gina, Gina, Gina on this case is it's a little bit of a stretch for you to be out there talking your piece like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. I think uh, the the most traumatizing piece of all of this is going to be having to listen to my own voice. Mm, still for me. Um, because I don't like it. But, <laughs> you know, I I have this idea similar to what you were just saying, where even if it's just one person yep. is affected by even a fraction of one thing that I have to say, that could be everything, you know? Exactly. So, I'm here. Perfect. And I'm glad. I'm still glad about that. It, it makes me really happy that I'm so lucky to have so many queens in my life who have not only helped shape my life and support me and my choices in my life, even when they're the stupidest ass choices on top of that, you know, that you never feel any judgment. And I always hope that I don't ever come across as judgy as I get older. 
we all change as we get older. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you're younger, you kind of just say, screw it and say whatever comes to your mind. But you hopefully learn as you get older and may give advice and may say, listen, this is something that should be done. But we now know that everybody's going through something, regardless of whether it's family life or kids or relationships or marriage, money, life, career, doesn't matter. And so what I wanted to do, and Gina does not know this, guys, so that's going to be really funny. I'm going to put her on the spot for a second because I want to know if she has anything off the top of her head, any funny stories she would like to share about us or me or anything. That's something that something that you, Gina, something that you still every once in a while might think about and laugh like an idiot about. Or when you hear about it, you laugh like an idiot. I mean, there there's lots of stories, lots of instances. I mean, like, I I could you may not like this one, but <laughs> it it touches back on what we were talking about in our previous episode, which was um, you being not always the greatest influence. Um, so I was fifteen, which means you were seventeen. And we were out by the lake um, smoking pot. And this resulted in a bad trip for you. um, (laughs) In which, you know, you started flipping out and were completely uh, hysterical talking about, I can't feel my legs. (laughs) And, you know, that, that kind of thing. So, I mean... Off the top of my head, <laughs> that's the first thing that comes to mind. But truthfully, there—I mean, there's there's a ton of stories, and I, I I feel like the ones that likely make me laugh are the ones that are not like always in the best light, if you will, <laughs> um, because to me, though, those are the funniest. Um, you know, I, I don't laugh the same way you do, for oh. instance, when you tell the story of my state my state board exam for cosmetology because to me it was traumatizing. Um, But to this day, you can barely get the story out at all without hysterical laughing. So, I mean, I think there's a ton of things, but to this day, I often think of, of that experience. Um, And yeah, I, I still find that to be amusing and I, I do still laugh about that. You know what was funny about that? The part that I remember specifically about that night is not only could I not feel my legs, I felt like my tongue was going a thousand miles a minute. <laughs> and it wasn't. I could have sworn. <laughs> I'm, I swear that cra- that stuff was laced with like Coke or something. I don't know. I don't know. I have to say because it was my first time, I obviously I didn't even know how to smoke or what to do. So... I, I think I took one pull and started to cough and I was like, this is not for me. So it, it didn't hit me in any kind of <laughs> real way. Um, but, you know, at, at 15, I was the one driving That's right. your boyfriend's father's car around the lake because he's in the back seat with you trying to calm you down because you're literally shaking talking about I can't feel my legs. And take me to the hospital, I'm Something dying. Something is wrong. Uh, and here's our girlfriend who brought it and she's just <laughs> hysterical laughing yes. about the whole entire thing. 
And I'm nervous, hands at two and ten, going, oh my god, I'm 15, I don't know how to drive, what's going on? Uh, yeah, that's that's a good one. That one still makes me laugh to this And for day, anybody for sure. who's wondering, thank god there's dispensaries now and dirt weed is really hard to go by. Yeah, yeah, let's be thankful for better quality. For better quality growth. Hopefully. Hopefully, I know. Hopefully, because at the end of the day, we never know. That's true. But That's true. Hopefully. That's true. That one was funny. And I'm going to say it. Gina brought it out. Now, I have a million stories about things. Now, a lot of stuff is we laugh about a lot of things. Right. But a lot of our most formative memories are some of the funniest shit that the other one did or didn't do in front of us. And I have so many stories. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure about you Gina. have a lot more about me than I do of you. Uh, yes. That might be part of the whole, you know, me repressing things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely don't have uh, quite as many stories, at least not without having to take some serious, serious time to, to really think it through. Yeah. Now, Gina did open the door. So I will quickly tell the story about the state board. I will try to tell it without losing my mind because to this day, we're talking 20 years later, at mm -hmm. least. It is still one of the funniest things I've ever experienced. I don't know if it's going to come across that way here in this. Probably not because even to, to me, to this day, it does not <laughs> seem as funny as it does to you. But so go on if you must. It's a two hour drive to Trenton, New Jersey from us, at least. It was a big state board there. So we had this drive on like a school bus to go and take this test. And this was a really serious test. Like I didn't realize how serious this was. And you can't say anything apparently. Or the person taking the test, in this case obviously Gina, could be disqualified. Now she's 17 years old. I'm 19 years old. We're just like whatever. And in the school, they make them make these little packs, you know, for cosmetology school. You know, here's your shaving kit, and here's your nail kit, and your face kit, or who the hell knows all those kind of things, right? Your hair kit, your curlers, all this this stuff. So for some reason, we get there, and I guess we're a little bit late. I'm I don't quite know if that was the situation. We get there, and they have us sitting in these chairs, these long, 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 long tables, facing sitting down, facing the other models, while the stylists are behind us. So the first thing they do, apparently, the teachers at Gina's Cosmetology School said that they were going to have this first, this, this, I don't know, for example, say the curling was going to be first, and that was the first bag they had to have ready. So Gina, of course, is setting up her stuff and on the table to be ready for when they time this test, and then all of a sudden, they say, get your shaving kits ready. So now Gina's in a tizzy. Right. And I'm sitting there on the chair like, I don't know what's happening. I'm just just sitting here and she's in a tizzy and she's trying to clean up the other whatever the first kit she had out and get out the right kit and set everything up on the table. So now the time starts and she's still not completely set up. So, of course, now it's like this whole. And if you know Gina and those of you listening who knows Gina, they're ready with panic ensuing to begin with. So now we got extra panic and anxiety. So specifically now, she's running around. She's trying to get her stuff together. I'm sitting there just like, doo -doo -doo, like, I don't know. There's nothing I could do. But I can't say anything. Like, I can't even tell her to calm down because I cannot say a word. So all of a sudden, she finally gets the drape on me. And she starts to shake. Is it that you shook the... 
<laughs> I, to this day, I, I don't even know exactly what happened. I just know that I ended up with shaving cream. <laughs> so she shakes the shaving cream. <laughs> she shakes the shaving cream or something and puts some on her hand, a big blob. And she goes to lean over my face to put the shaving cream on. Now, you're not really, they're not really shaving you. They're using a straight, a straight blade, but it's not an actual blade. It's just like, you know, to show the movements you would make with a straight blade. So, but you still have to apply the, the the shaving cream, the towel, the whole nine, whatever. So she goes to lean over me with this big blob of shaving cream. And I notice on her lip is a giant blob of shaving cream. <laughs> I don't know how she didn't feel it. <laughs> it was a huge blob of shaving cream. I was just in a panic. I had no idea. <laughs> on her lip. How do you not feel this? How do you not see this out of your peripheral? So I start to die but inside because I can't laugh out loud I can't laugh out loud so I am dying inside a little bit my eyes are watering I am like Gina Gina you have shaving cream on your lip and and then what is the then what do you do good good (laughs) (laughs) which made me I was dying I literally so then so now she looks down there's shaving cream all over her apron it's everywhere. I have no idea what happened. It's like the damn can exploded. It was on my face. It was all over my smock. We're being timed. I'm like, oh my God. I am trying not to get her disqualified. I'm dying laughing on the inside. I'm crying, physically crying on the outside. I feel bad because my sister is like a wreck. And then I look over and now we have two hours. We have two hours where I keep picturing this shit in my head over and over again. And at one point we're doing the curlers and I sit up in the chair and I look across from me and there's a dude who was one of the hair models with curlers in his hair. I damn near lost it. It was all over. It was one of those days that to this day, I can't even imagine could have been any funnier. Luckily she passed. And when we left (laughs) and when we left the building, I fell on the floor and all out hysterics, crying like an idiot. People thought I was crazy. And Gina was just looking at me like, really? And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. I can't. I can't hold it anymore. And I don't think one time in 20 years, maybe this time kind of I've been able to tell that story without tearing up in hysterics. Only recent. It's definitely only recent because up until, you know, I don't know, whenever, very recent, it's been that you can't get through the story. So I'm actually very proud of you for holding your composure enough to get it out. I wish I had a picture. And yes, in my brain, I do. I've seen my sister go through mud, not on purpose. I And on purpose. And on purpose. And on purpose. <laughs> Seen, we've seen each other with broken clothes, flies around us, crazy dances, all those things. And I hope you are able to have those people that are in your life close enough, you know, to have those 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 memorable experiences with. You know what I mean? As you get older, we still we still make them. We still make them. We were at the beach yesterday. That's all I'm gonna say. And we made enough memories yesterday that probably could have been traumatizing enough to some. Right. <laughs> to some. So, the reason I even bring up funny stories and again we can do 17 episodes of funny ass stories if we really wanted to like pure self-deprecating crazy ass stories if we wanted to um but the reason i bring that up specifically is because i wanted to mention about how 
we've always used those experiences to kind of strengthen our relationship, right? And for reasons of saying, okay, we have that, we have that history. Because people have history with people, right? But it's very... But it's sometimes, even even with your own siblings, it can be like few and far between. There are things you don't remember. And we have these very clear memories. Again, I use that very loosely because Gina doesn't have very clear memories of a lot of things. Not so much. Not so much, which is really funny. And because of those things, we're closer and more able to, and feel better. I, I mean, I think, I think, feel better about talking about certain areas of our lives and things that we're going through and because we have that way to relate to each other in the good and the bad yes you know and so whether it be again crappy relationships which we've both had or crappy moments in Facts. relationships which we've both had you know to experiences with careers and jobs and co-workers and family members and fights i honestly don't remember even last time as as adults we've had really an argument no i again know know. your audience because if you're asking me to remember (laughs) hey when's the last time we fought i have no idea i i would have to imagine it was when we were teenage years at least yeah yeah at least i i mean definitely not ever after i moved out right so it had to have been way prior to that even probably probably and it's it's really not weird, definitely not weird to me, but I think a lot of it just stems from we are, we have our own spaces, right? Like mm-hmm. we have our own spaces to, to not feel that we have to, like, even if we have this, we've had disagreements, but that's kind of just par for the course of being, you know, being an adult. Absolutely. I think. And about different things um, in our lives. And we've had to be hard on each other at times too and be like, all right, listen, <laughs> like enough <laughs> right. kind of thing, you know? And so I, I thank God every day that we had that, those experiences. One thing we were talking about in the last episode was our masculine and our feminine and how a lot of the way we were raised actually changed the way we view ourselves and protect ourselves, you know, in those senses. And if we feel protected enough to be in our feminine, and I'm still trying to figure that out myself. I mean, first of all, it it will always come down to perspective as well. Well, what what I view as masculine, feminine you may have a different view on and your partner may have a different view on and, you know, expectations about what you should or shouldn't be and and things like that. I don't think we got too into detail. I mean, I know there was a a slight mention of it. I don't know. For me personally, I'm, I'm, I'm used to only ever being surrounded by strong, independent women. Who, you know, not for nothing, I don't need a man kind of thing, you know. Um, And while I understand that logic Mm -hmm. and I I get that to a certain degree, it's it's not necessarily about um, need. Need. But want. Yeah. Companionship. Like, um, I think everybody wants that on, on some level, regardless of saying you do or you don't right. or or whatever else like even just in this moment now like thinking about it I'm I'm wondering do I really feel that I'm relaxed in my feminine not really I'm definitely not I I don't I don't really know fully what that looks like right you know I I have an idea of things that 
I've seen or heard or learned on social media or whatever the case right. may be. But I don't, I don't necessarily feel that. If, if anything, I, I feel like more masculine in the sense of I have to work. I have to work. I need to keep myself afloat. I need to do this. I need to do that. And even though I am in a relationship and I know that if I were to say, hey, I need help or I need this, it would be without question. Right. Like, no hesitation. What do you need? I got you. Right. But that also goes back to the other part of our conversation of not speaking not up. Not speaking up and not so asking if for, I'm not, and saying what you need. If I'm not asking for and being crystal clear in what I need, how can I expect to get it? Right. Um, so right. I think at least for me, all of that ties into the whole like masculine feminine conversation. It does. It definitely does. When it comes to masculine and feminine, I think there's levels to it. Kind of like what that I was saying when it comes to spirituality, right? There's levels to everything. It comes to most of my time in my masculinity, not on purpose. Because I think the one time I finally started to fall a little into my femininity about nine years ago, I allowed myself to, to want to feel protected by not myself. I allowed myself to be vulnerable for the first time in my life, right? And I look back now and I'm like, crap, was that worth it after knowing what I know now, after going through what I've gone through all this, almost a decade later, right? Um, it's hard to it's hard to see yourself in those ways when there's so much when there's so much up and downs that you're going through that people go through in their lives, right? Some people don't see it as masculine and feminine. They don't even know that those are terms that specify being in survival mode versus being able to be vulnerable. Right. And I think that's the hardest part, being able to feel. I think when you're able to be in your full feminine is when it doesn't mean that you're not independent. It doesn't mean that you don't work your ass off. It doesn't mean that you're not doing for you. I think what it means is that you allow yourself to finally be okay with someone else taking the lead in specific areas of your life. Mm, yeah. To someone who says, listen, I'm going to protect you. I got you. And for you to go, okay, I trust you in that. Yes. When most, and I say most of us, but I know for me specifically, I haven't had that yet. I've had people say it. Have they done it? No. Mm. Right? Anybody could say words. Yeah. Right? I mean, at the end of the day, it, it means nothing if there's no action behind it. Exactly. And that's part of what that is. And I think, so I've had to spend so much time in survivor mode in my life that being in my masculine is almost, is just dominant. Right. I don't I don't necessarily like it. I don't like doing everything. I don't. Oh, my goodness. If someone said to me, let me take something off your plate. Like and I mean, like in a partnership, mm -hmm. it's like. And, but here's the difference, too, with me and you. I've asked for it. Right. And I still don't get the results that, <laughs> right. that I need. Right. So that goes back to picking a partner, which goes back to then trauma responses, which goes back to childhood. Yeah. It all goes back to childhood at the end of the day. Like. Everything. Everything. Everything stems from that. Yeah. And we and we don't realize. I've been in therapy. I've always put myself in therapy. Once I hit my 20s and got my own insurance, I've always put myself in therapy. And I've had different therapists literally say to me, are you sure you want to do this? And I go, eh, not really sure, but I'll do it anyway. And then, yes, that's life. We're going to either do yes or no. We're going to, you know, that's choices. You don't know how something's going to turn out. However, having the best knowledge by following our intuition is not something that I've even started really doing until recently. Mm. 
and learning that our bodies and our intuitions are going to tell us everything. Like I say, I don't know what, we don't know what the future looks like. I don't know what my future relationship looks like. You don't know what yours looks like. We just know that right now it's trying to get through what we need to get through right now. Just one day at a time. One day at a time. all the time. And in all situations. Exactly. Exactly. And do, and do for you and, and for taking care of yourself, you know, one thing I have to say is I being raised by very independent women in that sense and having independent women in our lives every day um, leads us to feel empowered to make those decisions. Yes. If somebody from childhood is not raised to be a partner to a woman who is who wants to be able to make those decisions, that's where the problems arise. Yeah. You know, and that's a whole other conversation because that goes down to toxic masculinity and conversations we've had that we've had in the past and other episodes where if it's generational where you're raising a son to not be able to handle being with a woman who may be tough as nails but she's tough as nails for a reason she's not able to be soft with you for a reason right and because you're not giving her that and it's twofold. I'm not saying that they have this whole responsibility, but a man or a, a partner should be able to make you feel that you can be with them. You can be your whole self with them, masculine and feminine. And it should be the other way around too. Mm-hmm. Because just like a woman has masculine and feminine, so does a male. Yeah, absolutely. And men would never admit that they're all supposed to have a little feminine in them, ever. They're going to sit there thinking they got to be sipping with teacups with their thumbs out. Right. <laughs> I mean, their thumbs, their pinkies out. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. <laughs> but that's what I mean, that they got to put a little pretty dress on and walk out the door. Right. To each his own, though. <laughs> no judgment here. No judgment here, no. But I'm saying that's what people, that's what men think, you know. So it's really crazy. One of the things that we really have been emphasizing is how your mental health, your emotional health, your wellness, all of that also ties into your physical health. Yes. It's all connected. It's all connected. And a lot of that's and a lot of times we get anxiety symptoms based on things that we don't listen to in our minds. And our body says, well, if you're not going to listen to your brain, here it is physically. Mm-hmm. And a lot of and and because of those things as well, we have the tendency, we as a society, we as women men do this as well, is to ignore the signs, completely ignore the signs of things. And this stems from, again, stems from not having the knowledge as children. Now, there's also advancements where things come up, you go, oh crap, I don't know that's what that was all these years later. I've been suffering from this my whole life. And it took years and years and years and years and years. And so one of the stories we wanted to highlight with Gina here, that I wanted to highlight with Gina here, is her... Um, her health struggle that she's been going through apparently her entire life. Yeah. So, Gina, why don't you tell our listeners what we're talking about? So, um, well, it's almost like, where do I start? So I'll, I'll start by just throwing it out there. I was diagnosed in December of 21. 21. It was 21. Okay. I was diagnosed with stage 2 endometriosis. 
And for those who don't know what endometriosis is, and by I the way, just... I didn't know why you, before you do that. I didn't even know there were stages until you told me that either. There, there are stages, and I, I'm not a doctor. I don't claim to be an expert. I can only speak on myself. Um, but for for those who don't know what it is, it is a. Uh, Depending upon where you hear it, it's either a disorder or disease um, in which tissue similar to the tissue that lines the uterus grows outside of the uterus where it doesn't belong. Uh, That tissue is called endometrium. With endo, deposits of that tissue act just like the tissue lining the uterus. And these, these tissues form, like I said, in in places outside of the uterus. Like the bladder. Like the bladder, like the bowel. It's been found in some people um, in the chest cavity, in the lungs. Abdominal walls. it It can be literally anywhere. And what happens is it reacts, this tissue growth reacts the same way the uterine lining reacts during the period Mm -hmm. so it thickens it breaks down and bleeds the same way you bleed when you have your period the problem is that because these deposits are outside of the uterus there's nowhere for them to expel they they have nowhere to go oh my god and so it's basically in essence internal Internal bleeding. bleeding We're not related. I know we're not related. Lord, that's um, the first time we've been... That's the first time, by the way, this, I've even heard this. This is not rehearsed. This is not rehearsed. That is the first time even... I'm um, like I'm like floored right here, right now. Is a lot of the time considered to be like the hidden disease. I can imagine, yeah. Um, people can look at you and say, well, there's nothing wrong with you. You look, quote, you look fine. fine. So what could be wrong? Um, it's actually way more common than anybody is aware of. And, and women can suffer from this for years and years. On average, I believe it takes eight to 10 years and multiply, I forget the actual stats, but the average number of doctors and or specialties a woman has to seek before you're diagnosed. Um, so in your journey, on a roundabout thought process, how many doctors do you think you saw just trying to get diagnosed or different types of doctors? Back when I was 15, Right, because I remember starting very young. Um, I always had really, really bad symptoms. Um, and it was always chalked up as, well, you're young. This is your period. It's hormonal. It's, it's supposed, basically, yep. it's supposed to be painful. Right. Like cramps are normal. You're fine. Take some Midol. Take some Tylenol. Yeah. Take some Advil. Whatever. And they give you hard stuff too. They did give me hard stuff at one point. Um, it was a prescription. I want to say it was like Naprosyn, Naprosyn. or something, yeah. something along those lines. But I, I really don't. And this could be part of the whole not, not recalling lots of memories. But I don't believe that I was taken to a specialist. No, I don't think so either. During my teenage years, no. at any point, um. And so I can't remember how how I even got to the point of getting that script for Naprosyn if it wasn't that I went to a specific GYN for eval and treatment. Oh. It, it may have been 
just a regular GP. general yeah. doctor who says, oh, well, if you're having pain or your and pediatrician. it's so bad or whatever yeah. the case may be. So here, take this when you're having symptoms. And, and that was it. Um, it wasn't until I was 19 that I started on my own going to a GYN. And of course, at that age and based on my symptoms, what do they do? Well, here's some birth control. That's right. And so for years, I was on birth control. Um, and all that really does is, yes, it helped me regulate my periods. But all that really does is mask what's going on inside your body. Yeah. Your periods are lighter. They're shorter. Um, yeah. And so you're not you're not feeling. Right. You're not you're feeling, not those, feeling symptoms. those same symptoms because right. they're, everything is being suppressed. Right. And so it wasn't until years later when I finally got off birth control that they kind of started back up again. So in your with 30s. Vengeance, like with in a your vengeance. 30s, yeah. it, it was in my 30s. And it was only just a couple years ago that I finally decided, you know, I had, um, I had been through, you had asked me how many doctors. Um, so it, it was my general doctor. I had seen a gastroenterologist for about five or six years yeah. who ran, I can't even tell you how many scans. Um, Not to mention endoscopies and colonoscopies. And ex- endoscopies, one after the colonoscopies, uh-huh. um, all kinds of ultrasounds from the GYN for, and everybody basically telling me that we're not finding anything. The main thing to take away in terms of endometriosis is that it cannot be diagnosed without surgery. So it's it just cannot, like an exploratory surgery. It cannot be seen on a scan. It cannot be seen on an MRI, on an ultrasound. Wow. There is no test you can do to prove endometriosis. It has to be surgery. And so my general doctor at one point, after a handful of years seeing the um, the GI, had finally said, maybe you have endometriosis. Maybe that's what all these symptoms are because the GI would tell me you have GERD, you yep. have gastritis, yeah. you have IBS, you have IBSD. And what did they proceed to do? Give Load me, me up with medication. Yes. And it was just constant, constant yes. medication for pain, for take this for stomach pain, etc. And meanwhile, none of that was actually helping my symptoms. So in that light then... What is something that when you that you learned about endometriosis in the sense of hormonal wise for women? And I'll tell you why I asked that. So, I mean, I've I've learned a lot and still feel like I know nothing about it. Wouldn't be far from what they know about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know that there's anything specifically like regarding hormonal Maybe I don't fully understand the question. So let me ask you why. Let me tell you why I asked that. Because one thing we've discussed multiple times, we have family members, bloodline members who have PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, for anybody who's not aware, right? That's very hormonal. I, for example, have hypothyroidism. That's hormonal. That's mainly hormones, right? You have the endometriosis. So this is all. And hypothyroid. <laughs> And antithyroid, yes, and the hypothyroid, exactly. So all this stuff, I feel, is stuff that has run through generations. Now, with PCOS and endometriosis, again, some of those women suffer with, actually, no, hypothyroid as well. These are things that women, men do get hypothyroid, obviously, but very, on a much smaller scale. 
But these are things that women suffer with could be their whole damn lives. Yes. There's not enough research on them. There's not enough women's health journals to go through. There's not enough women doctors to even say this is what this is, right? And there's not enough way, there's not enough tests to test for some shit, these things as well. It's like, oh, you might have this, you might have that. It took me five years to figure out hypo, that I had hypothyroid. And I won't disgust anybody with the way they found that shit out either. Except the fact that I had gained 10 pounds in three weeks and couldn't keep my eyes open because I was falling asleep during a conversation. And I was 21. And that was, that was actually the easiest symptoms. Again, I'm not going to say the other ones. But those are the kind of things, again, that I wonder why so many years later, there's absolutely not enough science behind these. We were talking earlier that we know something like endo and possibly PCOS, possibly hypothyroid is like something that is developing in utero. Yes. So imagine how knowing this ahead of time as a child could have changed, possibly changed the way you suffered through your life. Yeah. I mean, I, I do often wonder that, but I, I also at the same time um, wonder what what knowing would have done. Like it, you know, like it might have only suppressed it might have only suppressed. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily change. Right. You know what. And it wouldn't change the diagnosis. Right. And it wouldn't change. Right. And it wouldn't change the way they treat it or treated it. Right. So that's always that's always, you know, same thing with the thyroid. What do they tell us? Take a pill every day. So we take a pill every day for the rest of our lives and monitor our our levels and hope that it's going to be okay. And then that, and they have one medicine for it. All these years they know about this, they have one medicine for it. Yes. You know, certain certain things like PCOS and endo, there's not really speci- necessarily specific medicines. It's like, we'll try this combination of stuff, see if this helps. Oh, and this might only help temporarily. I know you've told me that one. This will help temporarily. And then if that doesn't work, we'll try something else. Yeah, I mean, you know, a big... A big factor in all of this is um, the surgery will treat as best as possible. And I forget the the actual number. I want to say it was like 80 something percent of doctors don't feel comfortable performing an endometriosis surgery. Unbelievable. And so then imagine how difficult it is to not only find a, a good provider, but then someone who's comfortable enough to to go in and do surgery uh something interesting that i just learned very recently was that um and it was a very interesting comparison they say imagine endometriosis like an iceberg right and so you go in and you have surgery and what i'm even learning now is that what i had was called ablation surgery and that means that they're just Quarterizing, they're quarterizing, they're scraping yeah. off what they can see right. of the endometriosis. But if it's like an iceberg, all they're getting is what sits above the water. Yeah, the top layer. Nothing underneath. And for instance, I had growths on my bladder as well. But because the bladder is such a sensitive organ, they didn't touch it. Yeah. It also goes to say that there is no cure for this condition. Which means you can get this surgery and have to get it more you times in your life. You can get surgery over and over again. It's still not going to help. A lot of doctors will sometimes suggest partial hysterectomy or hysterectomy. You. And it also goes to note, that's also not a cure. Mm. That still does that still doesn't fix the root cause of the problem. Right. Do you know if they actually even know what a root cause is? There's lots of theories in terms of like 
oh, well, it could be because of this, that, and the other thing. In fact, I was reading a list earlier today. At the end of the day, it comes down to, we just don't know. In fact, I actually heard recently, and I forget where, so I can't tell you, nor can I validate whether or not it's a credible source, but this is not a condition exclusive to women that they've been finding endometriosis in men. And so it, it so that means it has to, to say, be in utero. It is in utero. It and has it to also be. goes to say this does not only affect women or people with uteruses, as people will sometimes say, um, but that men can also suffer from this condition. Well, that just blew my mind because I can't even imagine if you don't have endometrial layer or uterus, how you can even get... Exactly. Which makes me believe then that it has to be something in your world before your body changes to that X, Y chromosome Absolutely. stuff when your body's still saying, okay, you may or may not be a girl, you may or may not be a boy. Exactly. So that, and, that further for me. Yeah. And so with endometriosis, again, it is very common. Um, it actually affects one out of 10 women. So wow. if men, women, whomever you are, think of 10 of your closest people 10 of the closest women in your life your moms your sisters your cousins your girlfriends yep um one of them likely have it and it may not even be that they're aware of it that's right but that's that's how common it is um symptoms vary depending upon the severity of the disease kind of like pcos and hypothyroid those silent ones too absolutely yep. some of the symptoms are pelvic pain and cramping, especially with your period. Sometimes it can begin before your period and extend days after your period. There's lower back pain and abdominal pain. A rare symptom that a lot of people don't know about, which I'm lucky enough to, to experience, <laughs> oh God. is um, shooting pains into your hips and thighs. Oh my God. Um, painful bowel movements or pain with urination, painful intercourse, excessive bleeding. Jesus Christ. Infertility, fatigue, diarrhea, constipation, bloating, nausea. Again, for me, rare symptoms, but they are possible. Vomiting, hot and cold chills, like you'll get oh, a I've hot seen you flash. Have that before. Yeah. A hot flash followed by freezing cold and shaking, like that you can't regulate your temperature, and even blacking out. I've blacked out less than a handful of times yes. from the pain being so intense. And that's just some of the symptoms. And again, they range. And you would think that so as the stages go up, the symptoms get worse, but that's not even necessarily the case. So again, I was diagnosed at stage two out of four stages women have been diagnosed with stage four and have never had a single symptom. Wow. They're finding it out through exploratory surgery because now they've been trying to get pregnant for oh, yes. several years and it's just not happening. They've had all the tests done. They can't find anything. And now in surgery, they're finding stage four endometriosis. There's nobody that's going to ever tell me that women aren't goddamn superheroes. And to that point, I think it's also very important to say you have to advocate for yourself. Amen. Like, never give up when not, you don't feel. Do not, yes. do not, do not 
let anybody tell you or gaslight you into thinking that you're not feeling what you're feeling because nobody knows your body like you do. That's right. Nobody knows that, you know, uh, a lot of women or young girls will end up in the ER multiple times because their pain is so severe. They have these tests done. They're told nothing is wrong. Go follow up with your GYN. And it's the same story over and over again. Different doctors, different specialties, different tests, all kinds of stuff to never get the proper diagnosis. And And it's not even on some doctor's purview. Right. It's not even like they're like, okay, we've done everything. Oh, you know what it might be. That's how I found out about my thyroid. I just happened to be lucky enough to find a GYN that said, wait a second, you got this symptom too? Sounds like this. Let me test your thyroid. Right. There's so many doctors that don't even have endo in their purview to be able to have the knowledge to say, you know what, let's just, and we don't really know how to test for it, but it's a possibility and we can see if the pieces fit and here's your choice if you want to have this surgery to see if that's what it is. Absolutely. And then there was the fear of, all right, well, now I've actually decided to go forward with surgery because I found a doctor who's amazing and she's listening to everything that I'm saying. Right. And truly understands that this is what it could be. But then there's the fear of what happens if they go in and find nothing. I remember that when you it's went in. It's almost as scary as this is what they're going to find. Yes. Is the at absolute opposite of what if there's nothing exactly because then i will truly feel like a crazy person because now there's no explanation for my pain but what this did at least the surgery and the diagnosis was validate everything i had gone through up to that point right it validated me in the sense of we're talking 20 years my pain yeah was actually my pain because there would be times where I thought maybe I just can't handle it. Maybe this is the kind of cramps that are normal and every other woman is feeling these things and I just can't take it. And that's awful. You know, it, it, it's very easy to convince yourself, especially when everybody tells you over Mm -hmm. and over again, this is normal. This is what you're supposed to be feeling. Take some pain. So As a reference point for any young woman or whatever listening. Or any men with women in your life. In your life. life. If you have daughters, sisters, whatever the case may be, listen. Mm. When they're saying they're in pain, listen. Don't brush it off. Do not brush it off. And do not, under any circumstance, you know, be under the impression of, like, you're you're fine. It's not that serious. You're fine. Yep. It's not. It's normal. Everybody goes through it. It's life. Speak no. up for yourself through and through. Be diligent and know that what you're going through is more common than you think. And that even though there is no cure, there are things, there are ways, but you just have to speak up for yourself, you know, and never, never stop. And never feel like your your word for yourself is not enough. Because there's enough people in the world that will make you feel that way. Absolutely. Gina, you know, one of the things I always say this, I know other women who have this. I don't know other women have PCOS, again, in our family. But I also know other women who suffer from endo and suffered in silence like you for years and years and years. With me, I've had health anxiety because of a lot of anxiety that I've had in the past and suffered with that. And... And suffered with the thyroid. And those kind of things have their own hush-hush 
about them, right? Because there's symptoms that you get that you're like thinking that you're crazy. <laughs> While I don't wish this condition on anyone, I almost have more hope knowing that it can affect men too. Mm. Because women don't get the same level of Oof. research. We're not taken seriously. Our pain is not taken seriously. Colored women are not taken seriously um, more not, than even anybody else, like, too. Not in any way, shape, or form. And so the thought that, oh, well, if it is true and possible, right? Because like I said, I don't remember the source. If it is true and possible that men can suffer from this disease then it makes me feel a little hopeful that, that maybe find there'll cure. be more research. And maybe they'll I find mean, a cure. Listen, how many medications and, quote, cures are there for erectile dysfunction? But you, but you can't fix what's going on listen. in the woman other than to say, well, let's just take it all out. Let's take, or yes. something else that I've always loved to, to hear is, we'll just have a baby. Yes. Just have a baby. You've That'll told me fix that before. everything. That'll fix it. Because people have said they've had babies and it never came back. And it never came back. However... The other, uh, you know, the other side of that coin is that endometriosis is a major cause of infertility. Yeah. So, so for like, someone sure. to be so, like, insensitive to just say, oh, well, go have a baby. How do you know that that's not something I'm already trying? Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Like Exactly. And, you and know, that's and a whole other conversation, conversation in itself. But you should not be telling women that ever. Well, exactly. Ever. Exactly. Whole other situation. It gives me just like the the slightest inkling of, of hope that maybe someday, somehow, <laughs> there'll yeah. be more, right? I, I don't yeah. know that there's a cure for many things, but something I've always said, I've seen you doubled over, doubled over. We'll say that's what I was trying to say. Fine. Doubled over. I've seen, I've seen the struggles you've gone through. And for me, seeing you go through it, it, it's comforting to me to think that this is as common as it is, but it doesn't mean in any direction that, so it's a lot of things. doesn't mean you want it. Right. There's a lot of things that are goddamn common out there. Unfortunately, that none of us want. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's the, the scary part about it is we never know. We never know what our lot is going to be in those yeah. senses. You know, I've seen you persevere through this and it's been stressful as hell. And I've, and I feel, and I feel that pain every time we're in that pain. Cause it's like, holy shit, I can't, my, mine can be bad enough. I can't even imagine then yeah. having to go through and knowing that it's a possibility or probability it could be it can it the, anything is just it's all temporary right so i say the same thing i did try and you know the the male birth control pills but you know god forbid they have a, a side effect or a symptom all of a sudden they're taking it off the market again you know yet the rest of us yeah just take it just it's take fine. it right like oh no you'll be fine doesn't matter all those other symptoms they don't exist that's just your head right right and that kind of makes me segue we're almost coming to the end of this second episode and i definitely want you to come back again there's so many things that we can talk about and and have fun with and funny stories that we can tell and you guys are probably like where's the funny trust me there's a million other things that <laughs> we can talk that's funny but i wanted to highlight specifically this journey of gina's because i want women and men as well to know that this is real yeah it is a it, it they call it the silent illness the sound disease because Gina works two jobs, you know, and and is and is a wonderful family person and a partner and is able to still live her life. But that doesn't mean that there isn't a week to two weeks in her month that she's barely just trying to survive and not just the way the rest of us normally are, but right. just trying to, you know, get through the day without falling over in pain. 
And just because we don't see that doesn't mean that that's not real. And there are millions of other women out there like that. So don't be insensitive to other people's journeys and to other people's things that you may not be aware of, especially women. Women go through things mentally and physically that there is not even close to enough research on. And if they put even a quarter of what they put in, for example, Gina said erectile dysfunction, we would have serious cures for a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? A penis pump isn't going to help endometriosis. <laughs> so let's no. <laughs> let's just remember that. The one thing I did at the end of this one to talk about, and, and Gina and I talked about it a little bit, I've talked about it. I even put it on one of my reels if, if anybody was able to see it. Um, I was talking about the Barbie movie. And I know it sounds crazy, right? Because I'm like, first of all, I've always been a Barbie lover. Me and Gina had Barbies when we were little. Like, I played with Barbies with my daughter. Loved it. And I went to this movie not with no expectations at all. I had no idea what it was about. I was like, I just wanted to see it because it got really good reviews. And I wasn't sure, not actually why, but it was a female director. It was a great cast. I was like, let me go check it out. And like I said in my reels, it hit me so hard. Yes, of course, it was super sillious. It was crazy. It was hysterical at times. It was definitely what you would think with a Barbie movie. But there were scenes that touched me. And apparently, I found out just recently, there was an article I read that touched women on a level that a lot of other movies have not. Because it was so deep into what the patriarchy does to women. I'm going to say this is not all men. I say this in every episode that I do. I say this in every intro I do. We are not talking all men. There are so many enlightened, empowered uh, men who empower their women as well. And that's a beautiful thing. But in turn, the entire patriarchy, the way our, not just our country, our world is formulated is where women are second class citizens. And then if you're a colored woman, (laughs) that's a whole nother issue. So it just, it's down the line. And I encourage, I actually encourage, and again, it's something you don't have to go to spend money in the movies to see. I rarely go to the movies. So for me to spend the money to go was saying a lot. It is supercilious. It's funny as hell. You're going to laugh. But I found out that this touched more. I thought it just touched me. I was telling Gina earlier. I thought it was something that I just hit me for some reason, but I was bawling at times because some of the things that were saying made me feel like, holy crap, when I have an existential crisis, it's because I'm human, Mm. not because I'm an irrational woman. Not because I'm not a great mom, not because I can't pay my bills this month or not because whatever, right? It's just because I'm human and humans, male and female, are allowed to have existential crises. Crises? Crises? Crises. Crises. And I encourage when it comes out, everyone to put your judgment aside, your thoughts aside of what you think of what it would be and open your mind to what it could be and what i want to end with and i'm sure some of you might have seen it on on reels on tiktoks on tiktoks i'm really really showing my age (laughs) i don't know if it's called tiktoks or not but is one of the speeches that america forever gives during it and there's a lot more to it so you really have to watch it to understand the context behind it but Barbie is um, seeming to have an existential crisis. And Gloria is America Ferrera's um, character. And this speech, she says, and this hearing it nearly broke me because it's, you don't realize as a woman, as a person, or I guess someone who identifies as a woman would even feel. And it goes like this. It is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart. And it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. 
And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but also you have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but always also be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood. But always stand out and always be grateful. But never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory and nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out in fact that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every other single woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all of that is true for a doll just representing women, then I don't even know. And that, that hit. Oh, yes, that shit hit me like a ton of bricks, like in my soul. And to hear it in the movie, it was bawling. And there's so many things like that. And again, I will just implore anybody, if you really want to learn what it's like to go through the things that we go through mentally and physically, that's a good place to start because it will, and take your sons or, you know, have your sons watch it too, because the best part of being a, an adult in this day and age is we can enlighten our children now to things as kids we were not enlightened to and empowered to. And that does it for part two um, with Gina, one of the loves of my life, my younger sister, my baby sister, if you will, even though she's taller than me. Um, And I have truly cherished you being able to do this with me because this for me is a labor of love. Whether it reaches one person or 900 million people, which would be fantastic. Right. (laughs) Shit, that would be amazing. But I cherish being able to have that relationship with you where I can say, let's do this and sit down and talk with me on this. Like, not like we don't do this every day, but on this, this is a whole nother kind of level. Every day. And it'll be until my last breath. Amen. Amen. So how did you feel about this whole experience? Part one and part two. It was great. I mean, it was not as scary as I thought it was going to be. I'm glad I did it. And, you know, I, I I feel as though I'll, I look forward to feedback, you know, to... Hopefully to, people give to it. To understand, yes. you know, did this reach anybody? Did anything I say, you know... Yes. Touch, inspire, any of those things, so... See. And I agree. I'm, I'm happy to have done it. So thank you for having me. And I agree. That's like always my main goal. I was like, I want people to reach out to me. I want people to tell me, did you, what do you, what else do you want me to talk about? Is there something that I said that touched you? Is there something that my guest said that touched you? Is there something more information? And we've gotten little things here or there specifically. And I hope that there's somebody reaching out to, to, even if it's to talk about, you know, the condition, even as to talk about the freaking Barbie movie, even as to talk about childhood trauma, whatever it is, healing and, and stuff that, you know, whatever. Shit. If anybody wants, you know, 
to get a nice little haircut, hit me up. We'll talk to Gina. Now, I can't promise she's going to take you as a client, but I can, <laughs> I can tell you. No I can process. get you. I can get you. We can get her information for you, you know, that kind of thing. But she does it as well. And she's very, she's very talented at that also. So she's very multifaceted. And again, like all women, has a lot more under the surface than we see outside just like just like a iceberg iceberg. thank you wow i guess it is that time isn't it (laughs) must be so i would like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in hopefully you got something out of this hopefully there's something that you can take away from this and say holy crap i learned something that is my biggest goal my biggest goal is to make sure that the kings and queens of the world are knowing that you're not alone and that we all suffer from the same afflictions and the main one is life so if you would like to be a part of our future episodes um, or have something you'd like to hear talked about, please feel free to email me at ProseccoQueensPodcast at gmail.com or DM me on IG at ProseccoQueensPodcast, all one word. We're also on YouTube now at ProseccoQueensPodcast. It's not a, it's not specifically where you're seeing our faces or anything, but the episode is on there as well. And as usual, join us for our next episode. Hit us up on IG and your Prosecco Queens are peaced out for today. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Hello, my dear listeners. This is your host and forever dreamer, Teresa, again, wanting to come on here and express my heartfelt thanks for all the love and support you have all shown me, my guests, and the podcast this past 2023. As I close this year and this first season out, I'm reminded that even when there are days, weeks, months, and sometimes years where we are having it rough, that silver linings still remain and love and light do exist. Find it in yourself first and then spread the goodness around. We are all stardust in an endless universe. The ride isn't long, but if you find the things that truly make you happy, then it's completely worth it. Please come join us in 2024 for our second season because we are coming back with new convos, continuations of old conversations, new guests, and so much more to learn and laugh. God bless. Have a safe, happy, and healthy new year. So pour one for your Prosecco Queens for 2024.